Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. episode 103. In this episode Steve Cole talks to Bryce and Dominique about the Shepherds Guild. They mainly talk about how Dom failed to make it about bees and why this has critically endangered Guild Ball as we know it. And mucks about with those who cannot bleat. Keep it in mind, he's one of a kind. Oh, life's a trick with Sean the Sheep. He's Sean the Sheep. He's Sean the Sheep. He's Sean the Sheep. He's Sean the Sheep. He doesn't miss a trick or ever lose a beat. Perhaps one day you'll find a way to come and make with Sean the Sheep. Okay, I think it's running. Um, so, uh, welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best skill ball podcast. Um, my name is Bryce Johnston. I'm here with Steve Cole. Hello, uh, I am Steve Cole, the uh, best Scottish player in England. And I'm also here with the delightful Don Westerland. I'm, hey, I'm Donnick Westland. I'm the second best player in Wales, which is, uh, it's a claim. I don't know if it's a good claim. But... You're, the, you're the second best player in Wales in Manchester. There's another Welsh person in Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> Trying gigs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the two of them, yeah. It's surely, but surely being second best player at something, you know, say like Farmers or something like that, is this is badge of merit, isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it would have been worse if you used to be the best one at Farmers, but you're no longer the best one at Farmers. That I could see that being embarrassing, but hey, like... Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Has, has the, has the, I mean, it, has the household recovered yet, Bryce? Has the, <laughs> has the, has the morning um, people come down? I mean, the last time I saw my dad this upset was during foot and mouth, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so thank you both for joining us. It's a, and uh, for those of you that don't know, Bryce and Dom are obviously two of the more illustrious employees at uh, Steamforge Games. And yeah, if you discount all the others, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. If you can discount everyone else, uh, <laughs> and you, you guys are up there. Um, but you do grace us with your your delightful presence. I think Dom, you you've not been on here since you were at SFG, but you have been to talk to us before about farmers i think is that right yeah yeah many moons ago before i joined sfg towers i went i uh, came on for a season four farmers chat um and that may have something to do with why i'm here today as well because it's not quite farmers but it's a little bit farmers so it's a pretty sweet segue i mean yeah so we're here to talk about beekeepers right yeah. yes the beekeepers they're, they're finally <laughs> here um they they've been um, we've been a hive of activity getting all the beekeepers together that's the oh. only bee pun I've got. 
and I've already run out of steam on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how long, you know, did, well, did they have ha- to talk you down from the ledge when you got to SFG and they told you it wasn't beekeepers? Like, what happened when you actually found out about that? That's that's oh, basically all I want to know we, today. We had an extremely buzzy day trying to stop Don <laughs> turn it into the beekeepers guild at that point. Took took six of us to wrestle him away from the laptop. You know what I mean? Yeah, because although I'm a fairly small guy, like I was able to take a good number of them on. It was only after they popped <laughs> me on the nose that it then just like I then blacked out and then I woke up. Yeah, Dom's like a Dom's like straight. a shark. You have to punch him in the nose. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and if you can make him swim backwards, he drowns. Oh, I, I always wondered why he was uh, so so averse to backstroke whenever I see him <laughs> down the swimming pool. Let's say it's, down it's, the council pool. It's just a Welsh. It's just a Welshman thing. It just turns out that the, the, the taffies just aren't very good at swimming backwards. We just stop. We freeze. <laughs> Who knew? Like, uh, I mean, this is. I, I think we'll just wrap the podcast there. If I'm honest with you, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the listener will be disappointed. Now we've got that that pearl of wisdom in. Right. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Let's let's talk about the actual guild that you got. This is a new guild. Um, a new minor guild, and oh. it is shepherds. Um, do you want to guys want to just talk us a bit through the sort of core mechanics and core things like you know who are they what do they do that sort of stuff? No, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. And Dom obviously can't because he's only got a fictional beekeeper guild in his head. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This this entire podcast is going to be Dom talking about the beekeepers <laughs> guild that he made up. That's solid. <laughs> that can, that can, bonus me, time. We can sell that to people. <laughs> let me tell you about my fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, people have been crying out for more fluff, Tom. So I think I think a sort of a beekeeper uh, erotic slash fiction could be the way to go with this. Yeah, why erotic? I don't like, know. <laughs> Isn't that what all fan fiction is? Isn't all fan fiction erotica? Uh, Erotica? Thought... I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay, the Shepherd. so Shepherds, the Shepherds Guild yes. uh, are um, obviously the Farmers Minor Guild and as such are also extremely nice and wholesome people as the Farmers Guild are. Um, game plan wise, like their core mechanic is the punishment mechanic, which is if you take out a Shepherds Guild model... I benefit triggers, um, and that can be that that can vary by strength of which model it is. Like you'll notice that the two um, crossover models have noticeably weaker punishment mechanics than the uh, the models that don't cross over because uh, farmers exist and there are limits to what we can do with thresher on thresher. Um, Despite my despite my wishes, <laughs> yeah. Um, how yeah? How how long did that take before the rules got changed that they weren't like all oh, just buffing Thresher? <laughs> <laughs> like um, did Shiro's originally say Thresher gains when he gets taken out? Yeah, even if you're playing Shepherds, like if yeah, someone yeah. else is playing Farmers at the same event, they get a buff immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So their core thing, their core mechanic is the punishment mechanic. They also have a lot of pushes. Like they're like farmers tend to have like okay pushes like plowman has pretty good pushes um and they tend to have pushes over dodges but they don't have like great pushes generally speaking so shepherds on the other hand because they are representing herding the enemy team around the pitch have a ton of pushes um and they can do a lot of work with those pushes and finally um shepherds tend to have uh, like 
compared to farmers, shepherds tend to have average or even slightly worse defensive stats than farmers, who already have worse defensive stats than the average. Um, obviously, they get a lot of health because farmers. And um, the other key thing about shepherds is because they have um, their punishment mechanics, they don't get the defensive control abilities that farmers get. So they don't get millstone. They don't get they don't get like an ability to take knockdowns. They have they have access to cocksure if you bring a veteran honor, but yeah. that's it. Um, apart no from that, charge, that yeah, no no counter charge. Um, they can they can have protective instinct like Fallow has, but they don't have between a rock to help trigger it, and also protective instinct as you have with shepherds. You have to pay influence and to put it up. So any defensive ability that you have to take an activation to put up is generally worse than one you don't. Yeah. Um, whereas like you can start a turn as farmers with. Uh, like the follow aura up and counter charge up and millstone up shepherds don't have that so generally speaking like unlike farmers if you if you want to knock a shepherd's guild model down that model is just knocked down and generally speaking you will be able to knock that model down because it's got either a four a def four no armor or a def three no armor stat line yeah so so that means i guess like what do you that's obviously one of their weaknesses. Like, what are the strengths and weaknesses of the guild? What's the what's the sort of play style as well? Are they because farmers are quite attritional, right? They're quite grindy. I think Fraser literally put up a list of like guilds that are good at being blacksmiths today, and, uh, <laughs> and, and farmers were better than blacksmiths at being blacksmiths. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess where where do they sit in the play style front? Um, generally, I would say like you can. I mean, you can play any guild reasonably defensively. Yeah. Um, but shepherds, I think, benefit a lot more from being aggressive because they have a lot of pushes, so they can pull, they can kind of push enemy models out of position. They have ram, um, who obviously can push friendly models and give them a lot of, like, you'll see ram as a sort of natural extension of uh, a lot of what we've been doing recently with models that give you a very, very strong kickoff. Yeah. Um, and the arguably i would say fall into the 2-2 playstyle like pretty pretty squarely into the 2-2 playstyle like they have the tools to get a couple of goals they have lower damage than farmers but not low damage you know yeah like i would say i would say their damage like apart from in maybe like herder who's kind of one different uh, it's kind of a little bit different as she's the captain their damage generally tends to cap out around about three most of the time with one or two notable exceptions um, and and, with, and even then, they tend to be herders. The only one that has like a, what I would term a really accessible three, um, but even that's on column four on attack seven model. So it's not, you know, like you you generally need to have them knocked down or have some gang ups or, you know, like push like push them into your team or something to to really sort of hit the threes and fours on the top ends of their playbooks. It's usually they're going for the momentous twos. Yeah. And they all have the momentous. They all have the two, yeah, like farmers as well. That's probably worth saying, yes. isn't it? So momentous on the reapers, and sort of non-momentous on the planters, which you also yeah. obviously have here. So we talked about. I think it's a pretty good summary. That's, that's really helpful. I mean, should we just should we launch into the models? I think that's what that people are waiting for, aren't they? Um, so you talked a bit about Herder, who is the captain. Um, she looks good. <laughs> that's my. Uh, um, where, where should we start with that? Should we start with the sort of front of the card and then sort of work our way in? So front of the card, 
Um, you know, is, is as you say, better damage, push dodge. She's one of the few models in the guild with actually a momentous dodge result, isn't she? She is, I think, the only... Uh, yeah, no, she, yeah, she's the only model in the guild with a momentous dodge result, apart from, oh, yeah. uh, I guess, you can you can take Bushel. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, apart Shearer's from that... Yes, Shearer's dodges are non-momentous, and um, another thing is that uh, she, Herder is the only one of the few models in the guild with what I would term an actually good counterattack in terms of she has a double disengage on two. Yeah. And a knockdown on three? My screen's just, my card's yes. just crashed. Not, <laughs> yeah, not knockdown on three, yeah. Um, uh, like, probably the only other model in the guild that has an alright counterattack would be Ram, but he's got kind of like a fairly meh defensive stat to kind of make up for it, I guess. And Whereas also, got, and yeah. also, I guess like knockdown on one's good. Sorry, Dom. I'm actually going to let you talking about it because I realised I'm just talking away because <laughs> that's cool. It's just a bad <laughs> habit. I'm sorry. Like someone, any any time we get a guest on this podcast, one of them just has to talk. Away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. The other thing I say that like generally, when it comes to what makes a good counterattack, obviously knockdown is situational, but often a knockdown as a counterattack is just your opponent spends a momentum and they they stand up. You know what I mean? Like, it, it oftentimes is just a one-for-one one momentum trade. Whereas, I think much more important is double pushes or double dodges, which are much more difficult for, like, low de- like one-inch melee zone models or low-defense models to deal with. Yeah. And Ram has a double push on column three and his tack five. So, like, it's not bad, but it's it's the same as Plowman in Farmers. You know, it's, it's not... No one's like, oh, Plowman's got a really good counterattack, you know? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I'm gonna let Dom take it from here on because I feel bad. <laughs> oh, now you feel bad. Now I feel bad. <laughs> yes. Oh, so... this is like, is this how the office works? This is a lovely insight. It's just like privacy <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, I guess like a lot of Herder's value is kind of like uh, is is in is in that playbook. She is a Reaper, so that's not a huge surprise there. A lot of momentous uh, orange results. Uh, low down momentous two, that uh, low down momentous push dodge that we mentioned as well, um, and kind of the third column is a very important one as well because not only do you have the knockdown there, which is admittedly non momentous, so you're not getting momentum for it, but I think is key because it's one of the more accessible knockdowns uh, in the team. You also have a push dodge with an on my mark as well, so we have on my mark in a orange flavored guild, which is um, it, it's different. We haven't seen that play since Blackhearts. Yeah, and and she yeah that. It's a really interesting play to see in a sort of guild like that, and, and I guess ties into the sort of football side of things. And then the back of our card is, I guess, does some really sort of, well, well, it's great to see on my mark again, and the sort of utility you can get out of that in terms of keeping the ball safe on a model and getting the pass and scoring and the threat range it gives you, and so on. The back of the card is where the sort of the different stuff is, I guess. Oh, definitely is. So, like, you've got her uh, her reaper ability, which protect the ball. It's a six inch pulse. So once per turn during her activation. She can choose a friendly harvest mark within two and move it from the pitch. If she does, friendly models in that pulse gain close control to help you to protect the ball, to help mitigate those kind of um, slightly naff defensive stats a little bit. Um, and um, her punishment mechanic, Sheep Become the Shepherds, if she suffers the taken out condition during the activation phase, friendly models are allocated influence up to their max int. So I think that is definitely what we tried to do with the punishment mechanics, I guess, was try and put in ways to make jailing a model less of an appealing option in terms of yeah. play options. 
Yeah. Um, like, because obviously the oh, go on, Bryce. I was just gonna say, um, the fact that like we're we're obviously very aware that jailing models, which is for anyone who isn't who doesn't know that term, jailing model refers to um getting a model down to see one or two health at the end of a turn and deliberately leaving it alive so that you can kill it at the top of next turn which gives you an activation advantage and obviously lets you generate a little bit of momentum at the top of the turn um that's the i'd say jailing like that is probably one of the strongest tactics in the game at the moment yeah and Listen or go back and hear the Guild Ball Fundamentals podcast we did uh, <laughs> in the last episode where that, that comes up frequently. Yeah, and it's I, you guys have been picked, I, right? I, I will absolutely not listen to that. It's fair. It's, it's, it's got the brothers on it talking uh, you know, about defensive Guild Ball play. Why would you not want to hear that? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so and jailing is something that we've been targeting generally for, for quite a while. Like the, the new set of game plan cards, for instance, have very deliberately a number of effects in there that are designed to stop or designed to make jailing much worse so like raw enthusiasm is the best one because it means your opponent gets that activation back and so you suddenly aren't in control of activation advantage anymore yeah. uh, there's also never say die there's a few other cards that that sort of deliberately are aimed at benefiting like if you if someone has jailed one of your models there are cards that give you an out and the Shepherd's Guild, one of the very big reasons we like the punishment mechanic is because it's a massive swear word to uh, to jailing. Because you don't wanna you don't ever wanna kill a shepherd's model at the top of the turn. Well, the, no. depending on the model, like there are obviously some that aren't that bad, but there are some models that like if you kill them at the top at the in like first activation, it's really bad. So if you kill Herder first activation, basically the Shepherds team gain, you know, goes up to 18 influence. Is that right? Uh, not quite 18 influence, uh, 14 six, influence. Like 16? 16. Yeah. Is if, all of their, if, if all of their other models are allocated max influence, yeah, it's 16. 16. Which, interestingly, is one that looks a lot stronger than it is. Because what would normally happen in that instance is you don't active allocate any influence to Herder, so yeah. you spread. You've got eleven. The team's got eleven influence base plus harvest markers, so they're looking at maybe, let's say they've got about twelve, thirteen influence anyway. If they don't give any to Herder, mm. so they spread that out amongst their squaddies. So, so it's usually only a gain of like three two to three influence you know what i mean and then maybe obviously you can leave some harvest markers down for next turn or to use during this turn that's the thing like, isn't it? it just it just gives you that it definitely tips something it's a it's a material consideration yes it is mm. definitely like it is definitely a rule that looks better on paper than it practically plays out because most mo like obviously all your planters are three influence caps yeah. The only actual models that you bring that have a four influence cap is Shearer, Shearer. I think. And the dogs. And, and the dogs, kind of. And the do yeah, the dogs are effectively two mo like one model with a two four influence yeah. stat, right? So like you only have two mo effectively two models that are two fours. The two of your others are two threes, and Babe obviously is a one two. So you actually don't get that much more influence. 
but it looks really cool and i'm really excited to see everyone um panic about it for a while i guess the thing that you can do is like is you know there's there's definitely some scope like if she's jailed or you think she's gonna die there's a scope to sort of I guess like people do with sort of veteran chisel or something like that, where they reallocate influence, the scope to dummy stuff. Yes. Like so, you yeah, put yeah. influence out in the initiative phase, and you put zero on Shearer or something like that, and then Herdo gets taken out, and you and you've yeah. not. I could see people not quite factoring that in, and yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. that something it's, is safe when it's not, and and just I, that sort of mechanic. I think it's definitely at its best where you think where you think Herder might die first activation. Yeah, but you don't. You're not certain, right? It's like a fifty-fifty. So you can just give her sex anyway. Yeah. And then even if she dies, you've not lost that influence. Like that influence is effectively just on your team. Yeah. Where and with a normal captain, you would have to go. Do I take the risk? Do I allocate her sex, or do I just accept that she's probably gonna die? And on the subject and of probably. Going sorry, to die, I think oh, sorry. I think we interrupted Dom like. Two minutes ago. No, sorry, no, no, Don, did fine. you want to say no, something? Yeah, I guess what I was just saying on uh, thinking about on the point of kind of the rule looks a lot bigger on the card than it actually plays out. If Herder's uh, if Herder's actually triggered that ability, she's obviously no longer on the pitch, and your main output model is now also gone. So although it reads as as if it's this world-ending thing, and it is quite good. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you're not getting her killed at the right point, yes, your whole team's getting influenced, but then it's not... You know, they're fine, but they're not good. An individual Shepherd won't be doing as much as, say, Herder, for example. Sure. And she is the main output model in the guild, isn't she? She's quite... You know, she is kind of quite super solo-y in the way... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of support models in the guild, but she definitely is where I would imagine a lot of your points are coming from. I would would say so. Um, the 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 other thing which also... It's kind of like, um, I mean, Thresher is the obvious comparison because he's the other Reaper captain. Yeah. But um, it also means that any kind of control effects, like blind, are really, really good on her. Yeah. Um, because that just takes her ability to score points. Like, if you blind Herder, the ability of the Shepherds to score points just drops dramatically. Yeah, and there's a huge difference between, yeah, like, like you say, like, she has a Momentous 3. And she has, you know, like a that result, but it's on the fourth column. So if you're down to tack five, and I think also just affecting her kick stat is is obviously a big deal because she is, you know, it's, it's a quite a two-two football guild. And yes. then should we talk about the legendary? The legendary is just brilliant. I absolutely like this. Is there's so many applications for this, and it's a similarly it deals with the jailing mechanic stuff. It, so do you want yeah. to talk about the legendary, Dom? Sure. So it's called Rest Up. Uh, it's basically who's uh, allowing one of the teams to go and have a little bit of a nap, a little bit of a break. Um, she chooses <laughs> another friendly another friendly model within four. The friendly model stuff has taken out condition, and the enemy team does not gain VP from this takeout. So whilst we were doing, uh, whilst we were testing the team, we were finding that the punishment mechanics were proccing quite often when they were going into fighting teams or two two teams. But we were running into issues uh, against particularly like three zero football teams where. <laughs> There was this whole bit of the, of the shepherd's skill that wasn't being used. The punishment mechanics just simply weren't being interacted with, and I think this was introduced to kind of um, see the punishment mechanic happen. At, even if you don't get it all the time in, say, like a football game, you get it at least once. I, I think that's fair to say, is it, Bryce? Yeah, I wasn't less than what. 
<laughs> Sorry, I heard, oh, Dom, do you want to talk about this for a while? And I went, great, I'm going to go check Facebook. Um, <laughs> this is the level of professionalism. We're yeah, this is, it's this level of professionalism that really is why people, A, listen to this podcast, exactly. and B, like what I do as a job. Um <laughs> So yeah, so I think no, you were talking about you were talking about how the you were talking about how the legendary was uh, basically uh, to give the shepherds some more control over when the effect when the punishment mechanics are triggered, and specifically into three O teams where they are never going to trigger any of your punishment mechanics themselves. Exactly. Is that about right? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the elevator. Yeah, thing. see, I so was listening because I think yeah, the first your first thought on this is you know you go in, you score a goal, your model gets jailed, well you can rescue them. Um, yes. you know that that's pretty good and then and then you're like oh you could uh we'll talk about ram in a bit but basically you can take out ram <laughs> like after ram's activated as the right ram ram is your first activation you then take out ram and everyone in the guild has two armor yeah yeah it's pretty uh, good yeah it's pretty sweet like so there's so there's a re I, I really like it i really like the variation that you can get out of it, it feels like one of those legendaries that has many many possible applications and i'm sure yes. the first time someone uses it against me i'm going to want to throttle them um, but that's generally <laughs> yeah. the, sign of, the sign of a good legendary I think. our job here that's... is done <laughs> yeah, but you didn't art. even do anything yeah yeah my die. hatred of my dislike of farmers will cross over into that i have no doubt because it's exactly the sort of thing i'll forget about um yes so um, that's her it's like j- just to to stay on the legendary for a second obviously you are looking to like what you're looking to do if that is if you think that <laughs> try and just remember it basically yeah, <laughs> like yeah. remember it's a thing they can do and don't build your game plan around killing this model at the end of a turn if herder hasn't activated hasn't popped the legendary yet it's also yeah. worth pointing out that the legendary is only range four so oh, if herder is ever going to use that legendary like you're saving one model but you've got to be careful that you're not just trading Herder for whatever model you just trade you, you just put in, unless that's a worthwhile trade. Because like taking out Ram but putting Herder there might be okay if Herder is gonna be a four-two for the rest of the turn. You know what I mean? Yeah, if she, if she essentially has a blacksmith's apprentice defensive stats, then that's okay, isn't it? But yeah, the, yeah, it's it's more about who she. Yeah, I think it's at first. I think you think it's going to be about her coming in and rescuing models. And then I think it's probably actually about transitioning scrums, or like you say, using it. Um, you know, it's almost like her sobbing players out of a scrum, and she comes in. Yes. Yeah, which I quite like thematically as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 herding, right? She's just moving her own sort of flock around. So let's let's move on onto onto the mascot. Um, good name, sort of strong name. I I was amazed when the you teased the Baram U play. Not the Baram you play. What was the one that got teased yesterday? The uh, Heartless, Heartless Brute. Heartless Brute. Heartless How many Brute. people haven't seen Babe? You know, the speculation was that this is all <laughs> Ram's going to have this or the dogs will have yeah. it. Yeah. What's that about? Is that a generational thing? It must be, because I've, I've, I've seen both of the Babe movies and I'm not that old. Like, I, I, oh. I know what they are. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought Babe was a relatively well-known I agree. kind of reference. You know, what I mean, like, I, like maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe obviously that's me assuming that my position is universal. But I, I, I thought Babe was one of those things that was kind of like 
anyone over the age of maybe 20 would know babe like my nieces have seen it and they're like 10 yeah like it's a it's a it's a good film for kids as well just generally as a classic film like farmer farmer you know farmer hoggett is like a continually arrested uh, climate change activist now no way look him up because you know he had these two roles didn't he He was farmer hoggett and then he's dudley smith and ellie confidential um, so oh, he's wow. very two very different parts, and now he's like, yeah, you look at him up, and he's like this really hippie-ish sort of, uh, yeah, quite full-on sort of climate change activist in California. Um, <laughs> I've got no segue for that back into Babe, so let's just talk about the mascot, shall we? Uh, so, so Babe, uh, uh, pretty nippy for a pig, five seven, um, so fairly standard mascot stats, two four kick, def five zero seven boxes, um, and like you say, has uh, this two character plays. I'm gonna yeah. one of you with this. So one of them is droppings, which is um fairly straightforward. Pay an influence to drop a harvest marker. Um, you're mainly gonna be using that either to kind of uh transfer influence from one turn over into another, or if you have a particular ability that needs to be um used by one of your reaper ca- uh, one of your reaper characters. Um, I guess the most interesting one is uh, Bar Ramu, so it's a cost one, six inch range, and you can push target enemy model two inches. So fairly straightforward, but tons of applications there, pulling things out of cover, dragging things into melee zones, even just proccing resilience, you can do that with it as well. And it's kind of the first, I guess, example in the Shepherds of non-playbook pushes that we've seen, and they have a few of those knocking around. Definitely yeah. some, don't they? And then the punishment mechanic is is the aforementioned heartless brute, which is uh, the model Super that takes out a yeah. Because you also have love creature, right? Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. you're gonna take out babe, yeah, someone's do. gonna be yeah. So you so babe feels a rough model to jail. I think it's fair to say. Right. Um, yeah. I, think... I I would say really don't like babe is one of those models that like. Weirdly, because the Shepherds, as we're going to discuss in a minute, actually have three models that are worth one victory point yeah. instead of the one that most guilds have, there are times where killing those 1vp models is worth it because like, you have a lot more opportunities to just kill a 1vp model and go up to whatever two, increment of two you want to be on. Um, but Babe is one of those where it's like, don't, don't, don't kill this model unless it's going to like win you the game, I think. Yeah, or unless you can really back off with the model that's killed them. Yes. I guess that's yeah, the other yeah, one, yeah. isn't it? It's like this model now is singled out. You've got to look at it. Ah, you're just going to walk as far back as you can get. And then you yeah. also have, super interestingly, pack mentality, which we've only previously seen on Snow. Is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. And what's the thinking with this? This is just to... Uh, yeah, why this on Babe? Why on a, that mascot? Uh, largely because it felt thematic to um, Shepherds, really. It was, it was That rule was put on there for theme as much as anything um, because it felt thematic to their kind of wholesome, protective nature. And also, it's a rule that it's a rule that we can never put in farmers because of the amount of knockdown protection they have. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, it's simply a rule that, like, we cannot ever ever put in farmers it would be completely broken yeah yeah. but because how many times did you try and fit it in the first time in farmers price oh who, <laughs> who remembers <laughs> who knows definitely some yeah 
but it's nice, isn't it? That rule it allows. It's good because it gives you know, like a, it sort of gives you a little bit of defensive tech. Yes, but it's it's sort of not particularly egregious, and it also I guess helps with things like the you know the idea of jailing and all of those sorts of things as well. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, it's actually it's another rule that looks a lot better on paper than it actually is in practice because shepherds tend to like your strikers obviously like Shearer and Herder tend to spread out a bit sure. um, pardon me and then um, Ram and Lamb and the dogs things pardon me to an extent have real bad defensive stats <laughs> so yeah, like, a yeah, lot of the time they're just going to get knocked down anyway you know or getting bounced off or something like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Should we talk about the dogs as you fly the the one? Yeah. I think so. The dogs to me seem like uh, you know the really interesting, really attractive. We've not seen the sort of mechanic before, uh, sort of thing in the guild. They seem like a, you know a big USP for the guild, I guess. And yeah, they I seem would, extremely I would so. exciting. Uh, so, do you want to talk about the sort of because there's a sort of core mechanic with them, isn't there? And then we'll talk about what they actually do. Well, I guess the core thing is that you effectively have for what would be one position on your team is you have two models, and that's in the matched pair rule. Uh, so they each have matched pair, but for the other one, so Hook would have Crook and vice versa. Um, and they're treated as, sing- as a single squad during team selection. And whilst the friendly, the named friendly model on the matched pair rule is on the pitch, uh, this model activates simultaneously with it. And when you uh, when they suffer the take it out condition, um, they only give one VP rather than two because um, although they are each a squaddy, they are effectively if a squaddy if a mascot's like half a squaddy or thereabouts, they are together one half of a squaddy, if you will. Mm. And interestingly, I mean, before we get into those sort of playbooks, that that mechanic you know gives you two interesting things, doesn't it? It gives you ability to generate crowd outs. It yep. gives you ability to react to the plays that the first model makes successfully or unsuccessfully. Yeah. And it's another model that is really, really hard to jail. Yes. Like, because you can... it's very hard to remove that activation exactly. from Shepherds because you need to kill two separate models that can be in completely different areas of the pitch if you want. So let, let's talk about the, the playbook, the Reapers, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so they have, the, they have the Reaper playbook. Um, the Likewise, have a lot of pushes. They've got two damage, and then they've got a couple of really interesting character plays. Do you want to talk me through those? So they each have. Uh, well, Hook has one called Come By, and Crook has one called Away to Me, which are effectively the same play, but um, they're the, the, well. I'll read the wording on one of them. So this model may make a four-inch dodge away from the friendly Hook, and then Crook. Uh, sorry, Hook would then have the same play, but corresponding off of the position of the other dog. So it's an additional little bit of movement uh, in a team which doesn't really have a lot of um, a lot of dodging, really. It allows them to get in position or uh, get further up the field. Um, so that's their first one. And then they each have the same character play, which is can be triggered off the second column of their playbook called Howl, or you can pay for it. It's a six-inch range character play uh, that uh, targets an enemy model, and if they're in position, uh, possession of the ball, it lo- they lose possession of the ball, and then you prefer- perform a circular scatter with the template cer- um, centred on the model that had the ball. So a little bit of a way for the shepherds to retrieve the ball, which, as farmer minor guilds, farmers aren't usually that great at retrieving uh, the ball, so um, it's kind of one of their main ways of kind of pulling the ball off of people, aside from running up and literally ripping it out of them with their with their attacks, I guess. 
Yeah, and it's, it's just a bit like cast sort of shield throw, isn't it? It just it yes. knocks and scatters the ball into space. But then obviously what you have with that is one of the models can go in and hit something and achieve that, not necessarily even hitting the ball holder because it has a six-inch range. And then obviously, so, you know, Crook can hit Howell, scatter the ball, and depending on where the ball goes, Hook can then, you know, buy their dodge and run in and get the ball. Yes. So you've got some really nice sort of... Like it feels really like a dog chasing a ball, right? <laughs> like that's yes. a, yeah, getting sort of super excited about it. And then I guess the other side of their play, so there's that sort of ball retrieval and a bit of, and there's some damage thrown in there. I think in terms of because they have a momentous three and a momentous four, which seems unreachable, right? Until sure. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, um, they have a rule on the back of each of their cards called litimate. So whenever you take out one of the pair the other one will gain furious and plus full attack. So that three and four certainly becomes a lot more reachable. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's that's quite a scary playbook at uh, attack yeah. 13 that's, on the charge. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's important to remember that that is one of the few punishment mechanics that does nothing if the dogs have already activated. Well, no, it doesn't do nothing because you still get plus four attack for like counter attacks and stuff. Yeah. But if the dogs have already activated then that, that does very little. Like, it's plus four attack on counter-attacks for the rest of the turn, effectively. Yeah. So that they... is... It, it, timing, if you think one of the dogs is going to get taken out, timing when you activate them is really important. Like, planning out your activations is very important with Shepherds because they have a lot of quite kind of fiddly interactions there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to sort of plan your turn out, I think, if, especially if you think certain models are going to get taken out, and then you get benefits based on that. And they feel interesting because I guess, like we were saying, the way just as you were saying that Herder is very vulnerable to sort of quite traditional control, so things like blind, yeah, uh, hook and crook, by comparison, because they are two models, are far you know far less vulnerable to you know plays like blind or plays things that that focus on sort of reducing the effect of one model in a big way yes yeah yeah. i guess the flip side of that is they are more concerned about things that make them spend momentum yes you know like knocking them both down or putting them both in rough ground yes Um, they they both have to spend individually for gliding or um or obviously to stand up with momentum or to heal yeah the the other thing is they if they have to like if they have to charge both of them, you get... Whereas a normal model would get... A normal 2-4 influence model for a squaddy would get a charge and then two attacks. Yeah. These guys only get two charges. So they get one... So they get two charges, but it's one fewer attack overall, and oftentimes you're looking to just make more attacks if you're going in with a model. Yeah. So it's less efficient in that... Like, they're very interesting, and they're, they're more efficient in some ways, but less efficient in others... I mean, also with the with the um, match pair rule as well, the part that makes them worth only one DP. When you combine that with Babe, you have three models that are worth, in the grand scheme of things, very little for the opponent yeah. um, uh, to, to attack. So quite often in playtests, I would have like the two of them and Babe use them to retrieve the ball and go. Well, I'm not going to dodge them back because I mean you can attack them with your kickoff player if you want, but like they're not worth a whole lot. And if you do kill them, the dogs, well, the other one just goes, you know, absolute, you know, go, go, uh, gets turned up to eleven. So there's a very kind of like good push and pull between the two, I feel, where they um, interact with the game in one way, in, uh, but then they'll interact with it completely differently in another. I think they are 
out of all the models in the guild, they're probably the one I'm really interested in getting more time with on the table because I feel that I've only just started scratching the surface with them. There is so much going on between the two of them. It seems fascinating. I mean, like you're saying with with Babe, it feels like you almost like that farmers, that, sorry, that shepherds have more pawns than any yeah. other guild. You know, you can put these models forward on their one victory point and you're sort of, it's it's not that sort of freak out. And the other thing I guess we didn't talk about, um, which is a pretty sizable thing, is although, as you say, Bryce, they're a bit in, inefficient in terms of sort of longer threat, they, they're at sort of piper level when it comes to throwing models off the pitch, right? Yes, they are. Yes, they are incredible. Like, what we did want ring outs to be a genuine threat when you were playing against the shepherds um as opposed to being generally speaking ring outs are a little they're sort of situational um and they're quite hard to work towards a lot of the time whereas with these boys and ram and and shepherds generally because they all have good pushes it's a lot easier than it is with most with most guilds to ring people to to throw people off the edge of the pitch and they've got the herding reaper play to sort of help with that, don't they? So they can, uh, once during each of Hook and Crook's activation, they can pull up a harvest marker within four and then uh, push an enemy model within four, three inches. Yes. So in essence, if you have it set up right, you can get six inches of, of diceless push on them, which is yes. pretty potent. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the other uh, guild-only model, um, which we've trailed a, a fair bit, I think, <laughs> is is Ram. Uh, and Ram is basically riding a big ram. I mean, how did you guys come up with this? Like, what was the concept? How did that happen? So, I just... like Because I, I did the first version of the, the Shepherds, and I just had an image of someone... So the, the girl riding Ram is actually Shepherd, uh, Herder's little sister. Oh! Uh, um, and it kind of very much stuck with us in the sort of key, you know the family style of the guild. I really like that. Um, and also, I don't know. So the pitch I gave, the the pitch I gave, and the brief I gave to to Dog was a uh, just a giant sheep. Like it's just a big <laughs> ram. And Dog has created some sort of. I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> like some kind of sheep mountain goat. Jesus Christ! <laughs> like it looks astonishing. Like it's a really, really cool model. Like maybe cooler than a giant sheep would have been. But I was like, when we got the art back, and I was like, oh heavens, that's not a sheep. Like I think this is the one. Uh, like I guess if Hook and Crook are the ones that people were really are, are going to be most interested in mechanically and playstyle wise, this is the model, isn't it? This is the model that yeah. is just like sells the guild. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Like, it's such a good, it's such a big centerpiece model. So, Ram, unsurprisingly, <laughs> kind of bashes stuff. Um, so you've got a very, uh, you know, very straightforward playbook. Momentous knockdown, momentous push on two, momentous double push on three, and then yeah. non-momentous tackle. Non-mentis. So, it's, so it's, it's a knockdown bot. It's pushing things uh, with its playbook. Yeah. Uh, huge health You'll- You'll notice that um, both of the planters, so Lamb and Ram, because these guys, these guys are intended to be more football-focused than farmers, they do have the three damage that planters have on their top column, but for these two, it's non-momentous, whereas on the planters and farmers, it's momentous. Ah, uh, I see. And, and a good kickstart, 3-6 is decent. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
not not world breaking, but like but a good solid well, football stat. That's because Ram has four legs, so that makes you yeah. better at kicking. Well, te- good at headers. At the very least, it's going to be good at headers. Sorry, Dom. Technically, there's six legs, so it's one inch yeah. leg on the model. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Like... Except, but if we apply that to tentacles, that's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about the character plays. We've seen both of them before, so. You know, essentially, Ram is sort of buffing the team with these plays, isn't it? It's an impetus yes. for additional move and uh, guard the flock. Uh, I have to be careful with saying that on a no swearing <laughs> podcast. Uh, uh, gives out protective instinct. Yeah, like, um, yeah, guard the flock is one that's entirely new. So it's kind of a trait we've seen before, but I don't think it's ever been on a, uh, it's never been on a character play before. Um, and you've got, I think there's kind of two kind of key uses for this in the Shepherds. If you have a situation where you're trying to maneuver the ball at the pitch and they have someone who's going to be coming in to get the ball off of a particular model, you can always throw guard the flock onto a model nearby uh, that model that's protecting the ball to uh, make it a little bit more difficult for the uh, enemy to come and grab the ball. But also, if there's a particular um, punishment mechanic that you want to uh, have triggered, then guard the flock helps orientate things towards that as well. Um and then the back of the the back of the card, it, it it's sort of the same but dialed up again, isn't it? it? You know, there's just a range of. There's a great name on there. Don't know how you guys came up with that uh, in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of battering ram. Um, uh, there's a me. lot of pushes. In, yeah, that's yeah. That was all me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely wasn't suggestion by anyone that we're talking to right now. No, no, and, and definitely not suggested by someone who... I mean, someone's been mistaken for you, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but I guess what you've got is a lot of pushes and a lot of dodges, right? Mm. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, Battering Ram pushes uh, models both enemy and yours four inches. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be really handy for either... It, it, combine that with the dogs, that's more pushes off the pitch. Um, but also, I think it'd be quite handy on a kickoff as well. So um, I compare it a little bit to it's a little bit like Festival's Legendary. It allows you yeah. to get that second model uh, up the field on a kickoff, um, and kind of alongside that as well, you have Flock, which allows you to move uh, at the end of one of Ram's advances uh, another friendly model two inches. So again, another kind of compounding element to that. Why have only one model kicking off when you could effectively have two, maybe more? Um, yeah, you could really exert kick pressure with this model, can't you? Because you mm, basically yeah. you have your kicking model, you have another model, you have at least one model moved six inches, and then you have a bunch of other models moved four. And because they've got a forty millimeter base as well, that's gonna like that's a lot of real estate to knock other models around with. Yeah, it's like a super version of like record, basically, isn't it? Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, record on steroids becomes a big ram. <laughs> There's a Let's talk about Ram's punishment mechanic. So this is kind of a big one that we kind of uh, planted the seeds of earlier. Uh, have you any wool? If this model suffers the taken out condition, friendly models gain plus two armor for the remainder of the turn. So um, yeah, the shepherds have armor. It's all on this guy. It's all on this guy. I mean, this feels yeah. They're just from suddenly, like you're saying, their main weakness is their ba- is their lack of armor, right? Yeah. And suddenly they're basically blacksmiths and masons, and they have great yeah. armor. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. So, like, like looking at the crossover players, you could have Bushel, a five-two close control model. You could have Veteran Honor, who's a three-one going up to a three-three, and when you attack her, it's minus one attack. Like, 
<laughs> that is that is particularly filthy. Those that are some numbers, yes. That is really solid. Brilliant. So really, those are the core. Really, sorry. Don't, don't take out RAM at the top of a turn. Like, yeah. If I have one. If I have one piece of advice for anyone that isn't playing Ox Butchers and isn't planning on legendarying that turn, don't take out Ram. Until, yeah. <laughs> like, don't take out Ram unless it's going to literally either win you the game or it's like last activation and it doesn't matter anymore. Because that's the thing, is like, that's incredible, but that rule gets literally with every activation, that rule gets worse. Yeah, it sort of ticks away. It's, it's like the almost the opposite of Fallow, isn't it? Like yes. you know how like, yeah, you're yeah, waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting for Fallow for this, you're like basically waiting to take out your opponent's model. Yeah. So you can very happily just do it at the end of a turn. You know, if 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 you've got RAM because especially because RAM is a three O, as we've discussed, and like twenty four health is a lot, but three O is not a lot of is not a good defensive stat in any way. So you can pretty comfortably just knock them down and then kill them at the end of a turn and then you're like well you didn't get any benefit of that like yeah. unless herder wants to use the legendary to stop that happening but then that's they're using the legendary uh, reactively rather than proactively yeah. you know i guess um, what you, i guess what it does drive is you do then need to be very careful if you're going to take out ram at the end of a turn then yeah. you have to be very careful about where your models are in relation to the board edge Yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. can pretty easily just come back on and just throw people right off the pitch. Yes, absolutely. Like to, considering where models go, like because that's one thing you always have to do if you've taken out a model the turn before, or you've taken out a model in this turn, you have to be looking at the start of next turn and going where, where can I not stand people? And I mean that's true for any any beater really. I mean it's the same with like Thresher or Shank or like any kind of beater model you don't want to stand someone close enough to the edge that someone could just walk on and kill them first activation yeah and ram just does that in a different way you know great let's move on to lamb shall we um my uh my cards have crashed so someone just uh let's just start on lamb who is also a planter though, right this is the other planter and probably your yes. main source of harvest markers yes Definitely. yeah He's also one of the two crossover models uh, going from shepherds into farmers. Um, and I guess he's kind of a quintessential kind of like um, he's a he's a resource battery, I guess. So the back of the card, he's got planting master. Um, we found when we were making the team, like to begin with, they were really struggling with kind of um, with how much influence they were bringing. So planting master was kind of to shore that up, really. And his punishment mechanic drops um, ha- harvest markers when he's uh, removed. And then the front of this card, I guess it's mainly all about his character plays. He's got three character plays there, two that we've seen before. So Sow the Seeds, which is, of course, on Harrow. Uh, weak Points, which will help the Shepherds deal with armour. And one that's brand new. I didn't know what a warming oven was before this team, but now I know what a warming oven is. Um, it, heals, uh, it heals things. A warming oven heals things? Apparently. What is a warming so, oven? So a warming oven in farming, and in, in shepherding at least, is... Basically, it's an oven uh, that you usually have in like an aga. Uh, so oh, you have yours in like gotcha. a big, a big like farmhouse kitchen. And then when you're doing the lambing, which is about kind of now actually kind of March April time, oftentimes that's still very very cold. So sometimes you'll have a lamb that like maybe the mother's abandoned it, or maybe it's come out and it's very small and it's and it's very cold. So what you'll do is you'll bring it into the farmhouse and just put it in the oven because it, the the, ov- the warming oven never gets 
hot. It, it only ever really gets warm. Like you could put your hand in there very comfortably, and you're not going to get burned or anything. It's just like um, a little lamb incubator. Yeah, basically, like yeah, effectively, it's a it's a very crude incubator um, that you can just put. Like if you, if a lamb's cold, you bring it in, put it in the warming oven, and it just gets it. It heats it all the way through like an incubator, keeps it warm, and helps it survive. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah, I feel and, like and warmed just at the thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes they will wake up in the middle of the night when they're in there and come out into your kitchen and poo all over the floor, which <laughs> is does, adorable. That is less adorable. Yeah, that does happen. Like there's some there's some mornings I used to wake up on the farm and go downstairs into the kitchen. And I'm like, oh dear God, it, it, this I is. This is messy in here now. It can always be worse. I mean, my uh, my mother-in-law uh, on a on a sneaky on a diet, um, they had an agar. Sneakily put a a can of condensed milk into the agar to you know sort of make it into treacly stuff to, to cheat on her diet. Right. Uh, went out to the shops. Totally forgot about this. So my wife and her dad were at home, and they heard this massive bang. And, the, uh, and basically, the door of the aga had been thrown across the kitchen. Oh my uh, god! Like, like sort of taking a big chunk <laughs> out the fridge, and the whole kitchen was just covered in like black tar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't put anything. Don't, just lambs in the oven. Just, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't put anything that can compress and explode. <laughs> like, because for those that don't know, obviously, agars are made of bloody like they're iron, aren't they? Cast iron. Yeah, a lot a lot of the older ones, at least, are cast <laughs> iron. Yeah. So it's a a novel thing, right? The back of lamb's card. Where what have um, we? I I do just want to point out that lamb, in terms of his playbook, before we go to the back of the card, he has like he basically has one result which is that momentous gb on one where he gets to trick all his character plays yeah and he is only tack four and outside of that if you're going for anything else on his playbook you are optimistic yeah. like it's bold it's bold play to be like yeah. that momentous push i'm gonna smash that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's very much like a planter that is not like, he is not going to do any work except for that momentous GB. So, like, he can generate momentum and he can do all of his support abilities, but he's not going to be doing much else, you know? He gives some useful tools out, you know, like weak points. Oh, yeah. Really useful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, making your tackles more achievable and, and yeah, and obviously extra harvest markers. Um, and his his punishment mechanic is pretty good as well. Well, it's it's variable, isn't it? Like, if you yes. get it at the right, if it gets triggered at the right time, it's amazing. Yes. But if it gets triggered when you already have like four harvest markers down, it's like ah, well, okay, you yeah. know, it's kind of like ah, yeah, I guess this is. And there's a bit of poker fight. with that then, isn't there? Because I guess if you think he's going to get taken out, do you start like chomping up all your harvest markers? Potentially, that's yeah. an interesting little mini game that goes on uh, when you're playing against shepherds. The other thing to note, actually, that I do we've not kind of discussed too overtly here. But I want to get into is that this team has eleven influence, yeah, and they get three harvest markers for free every turn, and they can buy one more harvest marker with through Babe. So that means the absolute maximum influence, like they they can never get up to the kind of the dizzying heights that a lot of farmer teams can get to, where they can be getting like seventeen, eighteen influence. You know what gotcha. I mean? Yeah, like 
they are generally going to cap out at a lot lower than that. And especially because a lot of the time you don't have the influence to give to Babe to put down a, a, another harvest marker. So you effectively only have three harvest markers for free and you've got a living influence and you have a lot of very powerful harvest marker abilities that you want to pull up harvest markers for. So actually one thing that you'll find um, when playing this team that again isn't maybe immediately apparent from looking at the cards is that your resources are pretty constrained, much more so than in farmers. Mm. Because 11 influences, uh, like that's a thresher team with two reapers. Um, yeah. Or like a grange team with like three reapers. You know what I mean? But yeah. also your harvest mark, like 11 influence base is obviously very low for guild ball. Most teams have an average of 13. Yeah. And your harvest marker placement is your harvest markers are so tight because you're like oh but i want to use this with herder and i want to pull it for this with shearer and i want to pull it for this to push things with the dogs and then you start next turn you've got no harvest markers and you're like oh i'm just an 11 influenced team like i i'm going to be making less attacks than than other teams would be making you know what i mean and i think that's that's also fair in terms of i guess while you have the punishment mechanics about jailing there is a decision, I guess, for some players about: Do I take this model out? Do I, you know, at the start of the turn, do I suffer the consequence of that because I yeah. really want to go last and trample your harvest markers? Yes, like yeah, that's yeah, almost. Yeah. And because you don't have that bubble in the way that Thresher does or Grange does, it it's yeah. probably more doable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I, yeah, it's a really good shout. And also, I guess you're a goal. You are you're more focused on goals, and that by its nature is less effective at translating influence into momentum. Yeah. And yeah, you you can do yeah you can turn a lot of influence. Like you have some good options. Like obviously, yeah, most of these models have a momentous result on column one, but it depends what you're trying to get out of those results. Because obviously, the dogs have got like momentous two on column one. Like that's pretty good, but it's not it's not setting the world on fire. Yeah. Um, like Ram has a knockdown, but obviously if Ram's making attacks, like you also probably you might want to use impetus, you might want to use guard the flock. If you have the ball, you want to pass that around. So like you will find with this team that your influ your, your influence feels quite tight compared to farmers. That's really interesting. Um, really interesting. It's, so should... it's, it's something that I think a lot of people are going to. Sorry, Domery, I mean Steve. No, 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 it's cool. It's um, it's something that I think a lot of people are going to panic about when they first see these cards is that they were they're very very strong and that is true I think they were a very good team but your and your resources feel tighter than with a lot of other teams. That's really interesting because you know and I, I think there are other teams that that works as a check right like with blacksmiths yes the obvious yeah, example yeah. Well, their 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 access if if they can get if you can never get blacksmiths up to fourteen fifteen influence yeah. Because then, they kind of, like, they, they have 12 influence, but then a lot of the time you're getting, like, a free, two, like, two free character plays or something as well. So it's it's kind of, it's like 12 influence with an asterisk next yeah, to it. Yeah, you know? they have some efficiency. I guess the difference is, like, and I guess this is the same thing for uh, Shepherds, right? Because they can get some out of the Harvest Markers or turn them into influence. But the difference between getting some free stuff and influence is... You know, just the versatility of influence. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's brilliant that you get free, like, free tutelage on Sledge is amazing, but there are several turns where it's nothing. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Unless unless Sledge is going to be making an attack, it's nothing. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so should we come on to the last sort of uh, the last Reaper and and I think the I think the model that's been most talked about in terms you know because of the crossover name and things like that um, is Shearer. Dom, do you want to talk us through Shearer a bit? Yeah, sure. So I don't think we could have done a Shepherd's Guild without having a model called Shearer in it. Kind of writes itself, really, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a strong joke. It's a strong. Yeah. Joke. <laughs> um, so he's kind of like uh, he is. He's kind of uh, he he's as you would expect a striker, really. I guess. Um, kind of a big thing in terms of orange flavored strikers is he's got a two inch melee zone and a momentous tackle on one. We haven't really had that in. Uh, like a farmer's team before, as he is one of the crossover models. Um, like, this front of the card, like, none of the dodges are momentous, although he does have uh, a bull's gone that is momentous on three, which could be uh, effectively a double momentous result, really, although it's three on attack five models, so unless you're charging, fairly optimistic to go and get that one. Um, I think a lot of the exciting stuff's really on the back of his card, so his Reaper ability allows him to dodge four inches, which is, uh, you know, or, or free movement, always good. Um, really, I think Shearer's all about his punishment mechanic and a football legend on the back of his cards. So football legends, I think in Shepherds really helps turn their football ability up just that little extra bit. Um, but I think where it gets really funny is uh, in Farmers. So like, take Grange, for example, you already have a plus one, plus one kick aura. This is another plus one, plus one kick aura. So Great. it turns even. Grange is, of... a pl- Grange is a plus one, plus two kick. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I've played Grange. I definitely have played Grange. Uh, <laughs> like, imagine. Was, was it a deer, Dom? Was that... <laughs> no, I actually played loads of Grange. I do remember. I think I played I... against your Grange. I think I played against it. I have a one hundred percent win record with Grange. Just saying, on Longshanks. It's just like my one hundred percent win record with Hearth. I don't know. Don't look it up. Yeah, it's a played one one one. <laughs> Still 100. Yeah. Um, but like, imagine that. Uh, imagine that plus one, plus two kick aura on Grange. Added with Football Legend on a model like Amber, for example. Adds in Swerve shots. She can ignore models that are on the intervening path between her and the goal. Like her kick stat goes. Well, it's two six normally. Left boot takes up to a three eight. Grange takes up to a four ten. Football Legend takes up to a five eleven. Throw in a bonus time just because that's a casual six eleven kick, ignoring things in the way. Like so howitzering it in from the half. Yeah, it's yeah. basically you're getting into sugar snapshot territory, or just like howitzering the ball in from complete safety. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Like if you can take the middle of the pitch as a as a Grange player, I think it. I think this is. I think Shearer is interesting in farmers because with. I would argue less with Thresher because he needs a lot of his support staff. Yeah, but with Grange and Festival, I think Shearer opens up the possibility of actually really threatening goals as farmers, which historically is a backup plan if everything else has gone wrong. And or farmers just to win the game, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm on eight VPs and I'm just gonna I'll go for a, I'll take a three day shot to win the game. You know what I mean? And I guess um, the thing like Festival is a you know I think that. Uh, as we talked about before, is to simply she doesn't traditionally have a lot of output models to throw forward on turn one, but mm-hmm. now she can mm-hmm. throw forward Shearer, Windle, and Amber, for example. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. lots of very different pressure points on on the opposition that they can yeah. probably only realistically mitigate, you know, one of, yeah. at, you know, definitely one at a time. Because you're like, yeah, because you're like, don't lose a model to Windle, but also keep the ball safe. 
Whereas yeah. historically, you've kind of only had to look out for one of those vectors. Yeah. And now you have to actually protect from two different vectors at once, really. It's really interesting. So that's that's the summary of them all. Um, I guess. Well, we should talk about his punishment mechanic, which Ooh, is yes. basically gives football legend to all friendly models for the remainder of the turn if he gets taken out. Which, as you so, say, is a bit softer than the other ones, isn't it? It's yeah, really- because him and Lamb have notably, I would say, weaker punishment mechanics because they can go in farmers, and there is a real limit to how powerful we can make those mechanics. Like, yeah. That's that's very fair. But I also think it's one that you'll see more often as well because he is a striker. Sometimes you will just want to, I don't know, trade Shearer's two points for a four-point goal. I think it's one that you will probably see more often happen. I think so, yeah. Because also you, I guess, if he scored, you are, there is a certain level of control to whether you're giving the ball back to the farmers or to Shepherds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's more control. Like like we're saying with some of the other stuff, like a plus one kick is great but if you don't have the ball yeah uh, it's like, it's kind of worthless like so i guess like um that's that's the sort of overview of the guild i guess how how do you guys play them and how do, how would you play against them like what are you what are you looking to do and what are you looking to i guess if you're facing off against them what are you looking to deny them so if you're playing against them um any kind of control tools like we talked about that you can use to shut down herder is very important um Generally, you want to protect the ball. Uh, you also want to use terrain to, where possible to stop any of your models getting pulled into their team. Um, because individually, they don't do a ton of damage. But if you get someone ganged up on by four people, they're good. Like they're, they've got decent damage. Like it's not bad. Yeah, and you've got um, a lot of pushes to like draw people into your team. Also, so yeah. mini Corsair approach, isn't it? You can really. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like. Yeah, I would also say probably stay away from the edge of the pitch as well, because between Ram, Babe, and the dogs, even if you go like a little, um, like a decent uh, uh, amount of space from the side of the pitch, you could still reasonably be expected if the Shepherd player has everything set up to be pushed off the side of it with very little effort. So, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, like, yeah, ideally, yeah, ideally look to stay away from the edge of the pitch unless you have to go there. Um,. Although I really, I had a really funny image of a Miners versus Shepherds game where there's like eight points scored by just throwing people off the pitch on both sides. I could see that with Rats or Corsair yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think a lot of people are going to end up getting chalked off, like just taking it in turns to eject each other. <laughs> yeah, because I think I, I could really see it being like Rams, like ah ha ha, I push you off the pitch, and then Jack or someone in the fish is like. That's you're pretty close to the edge of the pitch yourself, there, buddy. Like, how you feeling? <laughs> yeah. Like, they seem to be feeling sort of confident. Taking, like, it's like bounce or school. They're all teaching each other to escort people <laughs> off the premises. <laughs> like, it's different types of throw and casual throw threat. And and it's yeah. like, how do you play with them? Like, what are you primarily looking to do? Are you looking to focus it all through big herder activations, or how are you looking to build your yourself out on yeah. turn one and two? Generally, like if you're kicking, it's use ram to get your entire team up and yeah. sort of look up, look to take up that kind of mid-ground position because you're looking to threaten like your your key play style should be a two should be two two um and so every turn you need to be thinking with herder what is she gonna do is she getting me a kill or is she getting me a goal or i'm gonna i'm am i gonna try and go for both um 
and you just need to think about that and be like, what is Herder aiming to achieve this turn? Because Herder is where a lot of your points are going to come from. Um, and just have a plan at the top of the turn for which punishment mechanics you think are going to be triggered um, and how you can best take advantage of them. And from the flip side, like, remember that you don't, like, don't jail things automatically. Like, don't fall into your default plan and go, oh, yeah, well, I'm just going to jail this guy, kill him at the top of the turn. Like, that is not always the correct decision against Shepherds. It will very often be the wrong decision. So learn to play a little bit differently to normal. That makes sense. And then I guess, like, sort of lastly, what what, what are their good matchups? What are their bad matchups? What do you think on that front? Like, who, who are they? Who's going to really be a bit scared of seeing these guys? Hmm. Um, I think they're actually fairly good into a lot of football teams uh, because they can threaten uh, takeouts as well. Um, I, I think it's at a basis that I think they share a lot of the same uh, match. Uh, like matchups they want to see and don't want to see as farmers um although obviously because they don't have as much of the kind of defensive or at least condition i think defensive condition tech i don't think they are as good into alchemists as say farmers are for example they're (laughs) (laughs) that's it podcast done i'm uh... um i think it's worth bearing in mind that yeah I i think alchemists are stronger because they have absolutely no condition removal that isn't spending momentum um so alchemists generally i think are stronger there it is worth pointing out that they do still have the kind of farmer health pools that's the thing isn't it but but interestingly you've got the dogs which is two models with nine health rather than if that was a farmer model that's probably one model with 18 health yeah so you can actually trickle the dog's health down a lot more efficiently and like threaten taking them both out at once um, than you can against farmers or you can in a similar situation against farmers. So I guess similar um, to or people like that as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's more real. I think they're worse into, they're generally worse into conditions than farmers because they don't have peck, gen- like pretty much, they don't have peck, they don't have millstone. Um... So they're worse than conditions. They're also more vul- much more vulnerable to f- than farm. Well, it's weird because farmers versus butchers, for instance, or brewers. I think farmers are generally favoured because farmers have control elements that brewers don't have, um, which help farmers win that matchup. Shepherds don't have those control elements, but shepherds can play football into those teams and into butchers, for instance. I think a lot of the time you're going to be going for like a three-zero playstyle into butchers where butchers are like oh my where butchers are just sitting there when they're used to farmers and they're like oh i can just walk up and knock you down or i can walk up and just hit the hit the fours and fives and sixes on the top end of my playbooks because you're a three-year-old model you know what i mean yeah um but also in a team like butchers as well there is a matchup where they've got no choice but to trigger your punishment mechanics yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah which is the other interesting thing whereas like into like yukai for instance they're you're you, the probably the only punishment mechanic you're going to get to trigger is the one on uh, herder's legendary that makes a lot of sense doesn't it yeah so they have they have very different strengths and weaknesses into different guilds than farmers and i i wouldn't it's weird like it's one where i think we need to get them a lot more on the table because playtesting is not normal games if you get me 
and they've got a lot of depth, don't they? Because they've got a lot yeah. of interactions and a lot of di- and a lot of sort of interesting tech and kit and like you know, for, oh, yeah. which is interesting for a guild that's quite push based and you know and has that main function, which is usually not the most dramatic or in you know sort of uh, it's usually a sort of less dramatic and sort of thought provoking mechanic than say a lot of dodges or jank or something like that. They they mm-hmm. really do have a lot of depth in them. Like mm-hmm. every time I've looked at them since these were uh, shown to the media people, I keep thinking, oh, you could do that. Oh, you could do that. So I have two yeah. questions left just before I, I thank you for your time and wrap up. So I'll, I'll start with this one for you, uh, Dom, which is I like farmers. Why should I play shepherds? Um, you should play shepherds because they have lots of animals. They're wholesome. They're still orange. Um, also, like if you want to play something a little bit more uh, football orientated, and also, like, farmers haven't got that. There's going to be a game where you're able to push your model to, like, the like a good chunk of the board, and that just flat out isn't something you can do in farmers. So um, that's my elevator pitch. Uh, I, I think the theme is really good, and the vectors they play on is totally different to how farmers play. Brilliant. And then my last question to you, Mr. Bryce, is I hate farmers. Why should I play shepherds? <laughs> Uh, shepherds are like farmers, but with none of the elements that make far or none of the elements that people generally hate about farmers. They have different elements that people are going to hate, uh, <laughs> and they play a much more football game. So you can play much more aggressively and more proactively with shepherds than I think you can with farmers. I, I, I'm sold. I'm sold uh, to, to, the, <laughs> to the online shop. <laughs> um, I, I think that is a podcast. Um, unless you guys have anything else to add, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for taking the time to talk us through this. And and most importantly, I think thanks for all the the work you've done on these. They, I think they're going to be a really interesting team to have on the Guild Ball scene. And I think they're going to give it quite an interesting, the, the meta, quite an interesting shake-up as well, which is you know always much, much desired. Uh, I really hope so. Thank you for having us on, Bryce. That was lovely. My pleasure, Steve. My pleasure. (laughs)